We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. Transformative Principal, episode 117. Thank you for listening. Today I am talking with Glenn Robbins, the NASSP 2016 Digital Principal of the Year. And what a great honor to speak to him. He and I have been friends for... A while now. Don't know when we first met, but we've been friends online and very cool to meet each other in person. So we're going to talk about some great stuff during this interview. Thanks so much for listening. Please share this with your friends and other leaders and let's make everybody better. It's hiring season all across the country and time to dust off your interview questions. Go to transformativeprincipal.org to download 10 interview questions to find the best teachers. Thank you so much for listening. I learn a ton from doing this podcast and I know you do too. If you'd like to support me in this, you can become a patron through Patreon and that would mean the world to me. You can support me for as little as a dollar a month, but anyone who supports me for $5 a month or more will get the Transformative Principal Members Only feed, which releases the interviews as I record them rather than on a weekly schedule. If you've binge listened to any of the past episodes of this podcast, this is for you, and I know you're going to love it. So you're going to learn as quickly as I learn, and I thank you for supporting me. To become a patron, just go to transformativeprincipal.org and on the right-hand side, there'll be a little button that says become a patron. You can click on that and support me. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome to Transformative Principal. I am here with the great Glenn Robbins, who I finally got to meet in person. And I just got to say he's just as cool in real life as he is online. So 
Very nice to be able to meet him. We're going to talk today about how he is the National Digital Principal of the Year um, with a couple other guys and talk about what that's been like and then also talk about the cool things that he's doing out of school. So, Glenn, thanks for being here. Appreciate you taking the time. Why don't you start by talking about what it means to be the Digital Principal of the Year for NASSP? Thanks, Shethar. And I just want to say same thing back at you, buddy. Uh, you are beyond wholesome and outstanding individual. So I can only imagine how you are as a leader in a building. Being named one of the three digital principals of the year, uh, along with Bobby Dowd and Winston Sakurai, has been a very honoring, humbling, and surreal experience. Um, you know, getting to know them this weekend more than what just their digital printed footprint is and what they're doing every day is simply amazing. You know, with the three of us sitting down and talking about how we try to innovate, how we try to push risk-taking, how we're trying to make people step, take a step back and look at things differently in a school setting, how it can be done instead of how it's always been done. It's been quite a weekend here at NASSP, getting to meet you and so many other edu-celebs in my mind. And, you know, the fact that I'm able to come here and my title, along with so many others, a past uh, recipients, not only as digital principal, but also as state award winners, they're all great people and they're all great educators. And it's not about the ego. It's not about the title, not about the award. It's about, you know, how can we make our kids better? And how can we make our staff better? So for me, sitting down and having those conversations has been the most beneficial part of this entire weekend. Absolutely. I've, I've felt the same way that getting to meet people in real life and being able to connect with them has been awesome. And, you know, it appears when sports stars and celebrities say it's not about the ego, that they're full of it. And uh, with you, I know from talking to you over the last couple of days, that really is the case. And when you say you're humbled, it's true. And when you say you're honored, it's true. And that's one of the cool things about getting to know someone in person is that you can see that empathy, the understanding, the care they have, and that starts to come through. So it's pretty awesome. What are some of the things that you have to do or that you get to do as part of being the digital principal of the year and talk especially about the really cool photo shoots? Okay. So, so far it's been, uh, I was able to sit on a panel this morning, uh, was able to with Winston and uh, Bobby and got to talk about student empowerment. And that's something we believe very firmly in is trying to empower students uh, to become creators instead of consumers. And, you know, as we move forward, you know, something we're looking forward to do is just hopefully linking back up together again and continuing the conversations that we've had here and growing with them and spreading them to others. One of the things we really noticed is that there is a big gap in individuals who are still not there with technology. And we, we talk about how when we discuss technology, it's already, it's like a fluency of some sort that it's already intertwined with curriculum and it's already intertwined in what we do every day. And there are still other individuals who are just looking at it as technology first and everything else comes second. We try to do it as a blend of everything. So I think there's a few conferences coming up in the future uh, that we'll be presenting at or working with together some way, somehow. Uh, you know, hopefully being able to spread the message. It can be done doing different things. So I'm intrigued to see what's ahead of us, uh, but I'm very excited to work with NASSP uh, as we move forward in this program. Uh, some of the things that we did in my school uh, this past year and so forth that I think gained the attention of it 
is we revamped our hallways and we call them idea streets. So changing of the vocabulary is very strong and we are a shore community. So since we are the gateway to the shore, as our theme is for our, our town, we put in surfboard bars in the hallway so kids can stand outside on the surfboards eight by eight and uh, they're able to hang out and work. We removed all the bulletin boards and put in dry erase boards. You know, we put in hokey stools that are flexible seating. We let the kids write on the windows with dry erase markers. We put stationary bikes in the hallway or on Idea Street, I should say. And it's outside by the windows. So this way, neuroscience proves that, you know, students are exercising and getting sunlight replenishes the brain. So we were trying to utilize that in a way and give kids a brain break, you know, during an 80-minute class of some sort or just in passing or before school and after school. Uh, we put up high-top tables, and we try to encourage students to have like, that open campus feel. We also have an 80-by-80 80 80 Lego board in the middle of Idea Street. So that seems to be a highlight when kids are walking by or even adults just putting up mathematic equations on the Lego board or they're doing, you know, different similarities or whatever it may be of the uh, different mountain ranges. And we've had other ones where they did like a marble challenge where they dropped it from the top and went zigzagging down trying to encase that marble. And then we also had um, a grant written by one of our teachers, uh, Mr. Law, who's fantastic, received a terrapin turtle grant. So we have five terrapin turtles that are swimming around in an aquarium on Idea Street. So, and that's the joy of it is that these kids get to see these turtles every single day. And they painted the background and they, you know, brought the sand in and they, they took care of this habitat and made it their, for the turtles. Sixth grade, you know, and we always constantly have people coming in there and there's no graffiti. So another thing we're doing this year is um, digital shop, which people always say there was a makerspace. So a digital shop is something a little bit more. It's like bringing shop back with a digital aspect. And we're trying to do design thinking in that and trying to be empathetic human-centered. We were fortunate to work with some amazing minds from around the country uh, to help us set this program up and move forward. And in there, they're working on trying not to play school anymore. So they're trying to teach these kids to be resilient and understand what failure is and to, as part of our mantra, which is care, think, design, and act. You know, how can they as our future leaders, if they don't understand uh, creative thinking and inquiry thinking, then how are they going to be successful? So we try to challenge them to not only make something, but make something for somebody else to better their lives. So we want that empathetic, human-centered approach and understanding of what is needed. So we could make rubber band cars. We could make spice racks. That doesn't help anybody. So we're putting together uh, 3D prosthetic hands. We're working on an uh, individual that has a hearing disability right now for helmet sizes and so forth around his hearing aids. We have a teacher with MS that, you know, we want to help out in any way we can. And we just teamed up with Thomas Jefferson University in Philadelphia uh, with the medical students where they're going to be working with our seventh grade kids designing something for a pediatric unit to better the pediatric experience for when they go in there, if they have to go in there. So I think that's a really exciting avenue we're going down. We also do a thing called egg camp period. And egg camp period is where kids get to pick what they want to learn and the, the beauty of this is we actually have kids that are running to class now that are simply excited about having a voice for the first time. As one kid said, uh, we finally feel like the teachers and the administration realize that we're not one brain and we learn different ways, that we are human. And that's pretty powerful when an eighth grader says that to you. So for me, it's, it's giving those kids that sense of 
engagement and empowerment. So, you know, they want to learn about app designing, go for it. You want to learn about uh, video game making, you do it. And we've had a wide variety of sessions that the kids lead. And, that, and even the bigger beauty of it is the teachers don't know all the answers. So the teachers are learning aside with them, building those relationships through that transparency that we've never seen before. Plus, kids are also working with teachers they may have never had before. So it gives them that freedom to choose what they want to do and how they want to make it their own, which is slightly personalized. And the fact that they are taking full ownership of that particular project. And the best part about this entire experience is it's ungraded. So for a kid to be told it's ungraded, then they don't have to worry. In the words of my one student, Jenna, I don't have to worry about a rubric anymore. If I put sparkles on there or a star, I will not lose points because of that rubric. I can make it mine, whatever, how I'm, however I want. That's from an eighth grade kid. And another one saying I have less anxieties now and I can focus on actually learning something instead of just pushing forward to the grade. I still almost want to fall over every time I tell that story because it really hits home. And then lastly, we do a personalized learning management system where the kids get to go into technology course. They take a Chromebook out and they do everything on a gamified uh, WordPress that my amazing teacher, Kevin Jarrett, had made where they work on Google Apps going through levels. They do digital citizenship through the levels. They get to do Tinkercad for 3D designing because, you know, what we look at, we have five 3D printers in the entire building, four in his shop, one in the ELA teacher's class, is we're not buying the printers to just create printers. We're, buy, we're buying into this because we want to create designers. And that's our ultimate goal. So we're giving these kids the opportunity at their own self-pace to learn. So those are just some of the great things that we're doing right now. And it's been an amazing experience seeing these kids fully empowered that has transferred over to the students. I'm sorry, transferred over to the teachers that's empowered them more than ever. And we have an amazing staff that I'm very blessed to work with that embraced it and is running with it. So you talked about a lot of stuff there. And what was cool is that most of the stuff you talked about isn't really technology-centered or focused, but you're using technology when appropriate to enhance and improve your students' lives and other people's lives. And I want to talk about that piece just a little bit. When you getting you know, a whole bunch of kids to get focused on somebody else's life is a difficult thing to begin with. But how do you make it so that the kids actually connect with these other ways they can really help people, like the prosthetics, the medical students, pediatric unit? How do you facilitate that when these are just a bunch of little 6th, 7th, and 8th graders that are not, you know, nothing special? They're just kids at a school. How do you get them those connections and get them to think in that way? That was one of the hardest things with going forward with design thinking and trying to deprogram them. You know, middle school is traditionally known as the grade levels where curiosity and wonder and all start to go away. You know, I look at elementary and you tell a kindergartner or a first grader that they, they messed up and they want to redo it. You know, so, so with that being said, those kids don't know how to fail. They want to try to learn again. And then you tell, like I said, you tell a kindergartner to redo it, guess what? He's going to redo it a bunch of times. He doesn't understand what failure is. You fail or you tell a middle school kid what's going on, he or she is crushed because they've been so focused on getting the grade and moving forward because that's what tradition tells them to do. So for me, it was trying to deprogram them. And the eighth graders were somewhat more challenging because they had been in school for close to nine years. So when we started focusing on design thinking, 
we did a manifesto over the summertime with the staff. Uh, myself and Kevin Jarrett led a full-day PD session of design thinking with the staff when they came back in September. And we just kept pushing it all year long, talking about what good could come out of this. And then it, it became contagious to the kids. And what we did was we broke it back a little bit is that Kevin reached out uh, to his amazing connections and found something called the Extraordinaires Project. And it's basically a very simple, very cheap way of going down and trying to break down problems. One example is a pirate. And a pirate has a hook, but the pirate wants to cook. So how do you help this pirate? You have to design something to you know, help this pirate out. So these kids are prototyping different ideas and trying to get them engaged to work on that. Because the ultimate goal is they're going to interview live people soon. So we had to start from the very, very simple beginning and move forward. And that was sort of a challenge, and it still is as we go through the process. But it's an exciting challenge, and I have an amazing staff to keep pushing forward with that challenge. So they all believe in that, and the kids are starting to see more and more the the pride and the joy that's going to come out from this project, all these projects, when they're done. And I think ultimately it's not always about the product that the kids are producing, you know, design thinking can be used for, like, losing weight. It can be used for better in life. It's, it's more about the actual thinking itself than actually putting out something of a product. So it, that's a unique concept. But when it comes to, like, technology, to me, it's all infused. And it should be all infused, you know. It's a way of life so where we are right now in 2016. Well, and one of the things that I'm hearing you talk about is that when something doesn't work, it's that that thing doesn't work it's not that the student has failed you know and that is a really powerful thing for kids to start understanding is that i didn't fail as a kid this the pirate cook that's what failed so now i need to help him be able to cook you know and and taking that approach makes it so that the kids can actually you know feel like they can accomplish something and that failure doesn't hurt because it's not so personal as it is with most typical grading systems. So talk a little bit about your ed camp for your students and what that looks like. Okay, so with the students, the, um, we give them an opportunity in the very beginning of the year to sit down with the staff, and the staff explains how an ed camp works. And the beauty of it is you pick what you want to talk about. It's a discussion. It's not a lead lecture in any way, no PowerPoints or anything like that. And if you don't like it, you get up and leave. Now, we haven't gotten as far as to that point yet, but we are starting to get there where kids are starting to get up and go to different classrooms. So we're trying to empower them to learn something that they really want to learn about. And it's sort of saying yes a lot more than saying no. And I've been told that a couple of times I'm saying yes too much. And maybe I am, but right now I, I do say no to bigger critical issues that are, are needed in the education leadership game. But with the kids, giving them an opportunity to pick what they want to learn has been outstanding. We actually had to scale it back because what we did was we had it on a whiteboard where kids were able to sign up what they wanted to learn about. And it became, it was fun to watch at first, but now it's almost scary for the fact that they're like trying to trample over each other to sign up. And, and my question to all of you out there is how many times have you seen a kid trying to trample somebody else to sign up for a class? You know, it's not a new video game. It's not, you know, a new... Uh, yeah, maybe I'm dating myself like a CD, but it's not like a, no, a new iPhone release or something like that. It is a class. And so we had to scale it back. And we did it with talking with the kids, too. And the kids told us, you know, when you put the sessions up, just put the session name up. Don't put the teacher name up there. Don't put the room number up there. We want to do it for what 
is actually just a learning. And what we're doing now is like they, they actually just pick the classes on what they want to learn about. So they don't even know if their friends are in there or not. And they focus on that. And like I mentioned earlier with the ungradedness, they feel that they can do whatever they want in there. Now, that's not saying it in a bad way in any way. What I'm saying is we give them the ultimate respect and they actually want to work on a project. I tell people all the time, they do more work in that particular course than any other course I've seen so far, maybe besides digital shop, because of the fact that they are so passionate about it. They want to go home and code something. They want to go home and 3D design something. They want to go home and make a shoebox display. You know, they want to go home and make an app or they want to go home and color, you know, or make a music video, whatever it may be. These kids are willing to try that. And that's what they really want to do. So, and what we do is we do it for five straight days, a 40 minute periods, and then it rotates to a new session. And we go through the process again where kids pick what they want to learn. And like I mentioned earlier, they, they had a bunch of ideas on a Google Doc and the teachers use that as a foundation. But as the year progresses, if a kid comes up with an idea and says, hey, Mr. So-and-so, can we try this? The staff does it. And the staff has really taken a giant step back from that control to actually say, this is really fun. You know, I don't have to lead the class. I can watch these kids do amazing things. And like I said before, they're learning together. And that's been simply powerful. That's really awesome. It sounds like you guys could really use the app that my uh, assistant principal and I developed called Picker. And uh, I talked about that in episode 100. So transformativeprincipal.org slash episode 100 will definitely help help you guys do some things with that. And we're doing something similar. And, you know, we've started getting the complaints that kids who have the second tutorial is what we call it. They start saying, well, can't, we always get the last pick. And the reality is, is they can sign up whenever they want. But they are given time specifically during that second tutorial. So, Glenn, it's been awesome to meet you in person. My last question is always, what is one thing that principals can do starting today to be a transformative principal like you are? Well, that's a fantastic question. I think one of the biggest things is, is becoming more connected. That's definitely changed my life. And that's just, you know, if you're big on Facebook, make that your platform. If you're big on Snapchat, make that your platform. For me, it's Twitter uh, and Boxer, you know, but the biggest thing that'll never go away is those face-to-face conversations. That's always first and foremost. I would say, you know, when you make these connections with individuals, find out what they're reading, find out if there's a blog out there and be willing to take the time and read about them, you know, and, you know, as a, as a leader, you try to really understand what your clientele is and who your staff is. You cannot make changes right away as a new leader. You need to come in and truly see who everybody is. You have to have an emotional intelligence of some sort to understand that. You need to have conversations with the teachers and the staff and even the stakeholders in the community you know, to fully understand where this school has been and where it needs to go and continuing to give them all that sense of empowerment and that voice. And I know I keep going back to that, but those are two critical issues that a lot of people seem to choose to ignore they they think it's their their way it's their platform they're bringing in and get out of the way that's how it's going to be done but the biggest thing is without people first you can have no program so that's my words of advice is continuously be a, a, a continuous life learner and be willing and openness to try new things with a growth mindset so great how can people get a hold of you how can people learn from you and connect with you personally Okay, great question. I'm on Twitter at Glenn R1809, G-L-E-N-N-R. 
1809. I'm also, if you Google connected lead learner, is one of my blogs. The other blog I have out now is NCMS, Northfield Community Middle School, NCMS Innovates, if you Google that. And that's talking about many more things that our kids are doing every single day. And on Boxer, if you want to hit me up, it's G Robbins, G-R-O-B-B-I-N-S. Cool. Thank you so much. As always, a pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to Glenn Robbins. What a good guy. It was so cool to meet him in person, as I'm sure I've said many times now. Next week, we're going to be interviewing Ken Spiro, who uh, is the guy who does the Ed Leadership Sims that you may have read about on my blog if you're following that. We're going to talk about how powerful simulations are for helping people learn and make them better decision makers. So I hope you look forward to seeing that or listening to that. You know how it goes. Transformative Principles is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology? save teachers' time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.